the, the second record was Hardness of the World, which um, I think I heard Steve Washington say he felt those kind of rushed and he wasn't that crazy about it. But I always really loved it. I mean, tracks like Volcano Rupture, Baby Sinister, um, the party song. I mean, if that's you guys being rushed, that's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, it was. I mean, as a matter of fact, we we all felt that we was rushed, and uh, a lot of material that was on that on that album it surprised us as well, <laughs> you know. And uh, it, it it inspired us to keep on going, you know, because I mean, that solidified uh, us knowing that we had a good thing, and that we had to keep it together. Uh, but unfortunately, the business. Money, egos, drugs, mismanagement took us to a different direction, man. You know, which uh, ultimately led to our downfall. Well, I want to ask, though, um, Floyd, what was it like being there when, you know, a Mark Adams was at the peak of his talents um, or a Mark Hicks? was at the peak of his talents. What, what were those guys like? Uh, Believe it or not, Mark Adams was a real quiet, subdued type musician, you know? Uh, you know, he kept to himself, you know, he didn't bother anybody. You know, he stayed focused. You know, when it came to uh, playing that bass, he stayed focused on that bass because he knew that uh, we 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 depended on him, not not only just him, but the drummer, because that's the heartbeat of 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 the music, the drums, the bass. You know, if those two are not locked, you know, everybody else is not locked. We got to be got to be in sync. And and Mark, in the beginning, that's all he concentrated on was that bass to be the best that he could be, just like Mark Hicks. Uh, uh, they concentrated. They they stayed focused. You know, uh, like I said in the beginning, we didn't hang out in the streets uh, uh, in the beginning, man. And throughout the whole time that we was uh, together, we stayed locked in the basement. We stayed locked in our rehearsal halls, concentrating on on, on bettering our music, our stage presence, and, and just overall, you know, just delivering you know top quality music. And that was our focus, man. That was that was our main focus, and um, yeah, we um, a lot of things, man, that we should have been thinking about, we wasn't thinking about, like the business, who was run, who was running our business, who we trusted to handle our business. You know, those were things that we did wrong. You know, we should we 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 should have uh, uh, took more time in learning the business like we did learning the music, you know, and um, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't say no plainer than that, man. You know, one of the most distinctive things I think about um, Slave is that sort of rolling bass kind of sound that uh, Mark Adams would lay down. Um, but then, you know, on some of those cuts later that Steve Washington did without Mark Adams, it seemed to still have that same kind of like sound at times. So who kind of was the real architect in your mind of that sound and that 
special kind of slave flavor? Well, the architect, um, I have to say it was really all of us, but the main person that drove us, that, that, that drove us was Steve Washington. He drove us, you know, he made us work hard. He made us, uh, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to say he, he made us, but he drove us. You know, he made us do things that uh, we didn't realize that we could do. And, um, uh, you know, I uh, believe it or not, you know, uh, despite all the uh, things that we've gone through and, and the separation that we've, that we've uh, experienced from, you know, members, Steve Washington was, um, he, was he was a hell of a uh, influence on the group, on everybody in the group because of his position, who he was, and um, uh, the fact that he was uh, Pee Wee's nephew. And he had talent, he was, he, he's, the boy got talent. You know, I don't take nothing away from him, but so did everybody else. We all had talent, and it took everybody to come together and, and, and focus on one goal. And that's what got us through, man. You know, that's what got us through. So, what would you say Steve Washington's greatest talent? Was it musical or more arranging production or in, in you know, inspiring others? It was musical. It was musical. You know, it was musical. And his drive, his, um, his drive on rehearsing, you know, becoming better musicians, uh, uh, you know, staying on top of your craft, man. He... He drilled that in us, man. He drilled it in us, and I and, and I'll never forget it. Never forget it. He taught us a lot, and we learned a lot from him. He learned a lot from us. You know, we taught each other a lot of things, man. A lot of things. Was that something that was just sort of like his nature, or did he pick most of it up from Pee Wee and from being part of that? I I have to say it was pretty much his nature, man. Pretty much. Hmm. And what, and what did uh, Floyd Miller bring to the whole mix? Lord have mercy. Me and, um, uh, man, and uh, my, my involvement in this whole thing, creative-wise, was uh, horns, artwork, uh, percussion, you know, um, and overall just... I was in the background, you know, when when uh, uh, when things needed to be moved or 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 uh, we had to drive, you know, you know, we had to drive. I was the one that was there, you know, when it came to moving equipment, I was there moving equipment on top of my uh, my position because I played horns. I played percussion. You know, I played a lot of different positions. I was the only one in the group that did that. And uh, I designed five of the album covers as well as the uh, the logo for the group. So my contribution, I had to feel my my contribution was was just as good as everybody else's. It sounds like you uh, were kind of a MVP or something. Like you would do whatever needed to be done at the time it needed to be done. That's exactly what I did, Scott. You know, there were times when we were on the road trying to get from one uh, city to the next, do a gig. 
I had to get up out of my bed from the bus and drive the truck, the equipment truck, because our road crew was so worked. They, we, we worked them so hard that they couldn't drive. You know, there was times where I drove the bus and the band didn't even know I drove the bus. You know, we had to get to one spot, one from one place to the other. We had to get there on time. So we had to do what we had to do, man. And I did a lot. I did what I had to do, man. I, I, man, I did what I had to do. You know, I was a team player, man. I always was a team player. I still am to this day. Well, every, every great band needs a guy like that. Well, yeah, I'm not the only one. There was a couple of us that, you know, that, that, that stepped up to the plate when nobody else would. But, you know, we had to do that in order to, to make things, to make things work. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So this record, this is still the original copy that I got when it, the day it came out in Los Angeles, took buses to go get it. And uh, this one really got you guys back in a big way after that second record didn't do quite as well stellar funk took off and this is just a great great record so um do you have any memories about this one Floyd? got great memories of uh of the concept uh as a matter of fact that's when um steve arrington was introduced to the group you know charles carter was introduced to the group uh and their contribution to uh to the group was was tr was tremendous it was tremendous. Like a lot of people think that uh, Stevie Arrington made Slave. No, Stevie Arrington didn't make Slave. You know, we were Slave before Steve Arrington came on the set. Mm -hmm. But his contribution was was just as important as everybody else's contribution. You know, just like you know everybody else's contribution. Uh, uh, Charles Carter, uh, Sam Carter, uh, Roger Parker. You know, all of those guys, Kirk Jones, Starlena Young, they were all introduced on this album right here. And uh, it took us to a different level. When, we, uh, when, uh, when the concept was released, you know, it took our music to a different level. And uh, the music that we came up with after that album was unbelievable. A lot of the fans haven't even heard a lot of the music that we put together. The record company wouldn't, wouldn't release it. Because it rocked too hard or something? It rocked too hard. And later, after we broke up, they released some of those tracks. They're still, you know, they're out today, as a matter of fact. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so how, did, how, how was it that so many great, talented people just kept kind of flowing through the slave organization like that? Well, it had, had a lot to do with our organization, our business. Uh, even though our music was tight, our business wasn't tight. And, and the people that we had working for us saw that, you know, and they took advantage of it. And uh, we got ripped off. We got ripped off big time. But uh, one thing they can't take away is what we created you know, and, and what we, what we did, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, when you're in the music industry, you got You better learn the, uh, the business because the music industry is like 98% business, 2% music nowadays when it wasn't like that. And, uh, you gotta know what you're doing, man. If you don't, you're going to get screwed. 
every time because that's what these record companies are in the business for. You know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> and that's as far as I'm gonna go on that one, man. Were, were, know, they, were they also meddling at that time with like, you know, what you guys might put out as a single and like that kind of stuff or just the money stuff? Well, yeah, they, they did. Um, yeah, they, they, there was a, a lot of um, influence from the record company. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that uh, because they felt it wasn't going to bring the money. But um, I, I, I don't know, um, Scott, man. I'm just a musician, man. All I want to do is just play music, have a good time, and, 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 and just make <clears> – <throat> make the fans happy man you know yeah well i mean you guys were so successful at keeping the funk but still making hits i mean you know you came out with um just a touch of love and yeah. um you know that was such a huge breakthrough hit and really got steve errington on the map in a big way and um i mean they kept coming with stone jam and um the concept uh not the concept but um Snapshot and uh, start start time. Um, yeah, all those records. I mean, they all had hits, and they all had great variety of songs. And um, you know, you would never yeah. know that such turmoil was going on as you're indicating. Yeah. You know, yeah, there was there was great turmoil. Uh, a lot of dividing, conquering. Uh, it was uh, it was very. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. It was it was crazy. It was a lot of mismanagement, a lot of uh, a lot of bad mistakes made, man. You know. What what did Jimmy Douglas bring to the mix? Jimmy Douglas was one of the best, one of the greatest producers we ever had. If it wasn't for him, uh he was a major part of uh, slide going, uh, being as hot as it was. You know, he was a great he was a great producer because he was the one that brought out the best of us in the studio when it came to uh, going in the studio and putting down the tracks. He saw things that we didn't see in ourselves, and he brought it out. No matter how mad it made you, or how you how much you disagreed with it. But he was the producer, and the producer, what, what the producer says, goes. And uh, a lot of times we didn't agree with him, but uh, the decisions that he made helped make us, made us do, uh, what we are today. Uh, we owe a lot to Jimmy Douglas, man, a lot. Which records, what, what was his last record with you guys? Uh, our last record, oh, man, now you asking questions. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, was he still the there? On, was he still there on Stone yeah. Jam and, and through there? No, he wasn't. Not just a touch and 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 Stone Jam. Those were the last two albums that he was involved with. Okay, I see him here on Stone Jam. Yeah, yeah. Showtime. So, yeah, Showtime. We had different uh, producers, which uh, Jeff Kowalik was an excellent producer and engineer. So what was going on at that time, Floyd, when so many people um, sort of went their different ways? Was it because 
of the money stuff? Is that really what was at the root of it? Um, you hung around, but some guys did not. Yeah, it was the money. It was the mismanagement. It was the drugs. You know? That's what destroyed us, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say destroyed us, but that's what separated us. So that's like right in that 79, 80 period about where it got real rocky. 80, 81, 82. That's when it got real rocky. Was it partly also because the music was just changing so much at that time too? I mean, a lot of funk bands got caught up in that change. No, 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 it really, it really wasn't that because when it came to, uh, when the music changed, we, we like to flow with, uh, we like to go with the flow. We change, you know, we adapt with the situation. Back then, it was total mismanagement and drugs. Drugs. We all, man, most of us were strung out on drugs, man. Not all of us, but most of us. And uh, and, and the mismanagement, the mistrust, you know, it, it, it took its toll on, on on the individuals, man. It took, it took its toll on us. Mm-hmm. It's that same sad story that's told so many times. And, uh, you know, drugs, mismanagement, money. Um, yeah. The damn shame. Egos and you know, egos. You go, yeah, yeah. Big time egos, man. So um, despite all that, Showtime was a great record. And um, what do you remember about, you know, working on that one? Not much, Scott. Man, uh, man, so much has, has transpired these 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 years, man. Uh, I just remember just being in New York, you know, being at the studio, and, and and at that time, man, we was just at that point, we was just doing our job, you know. It was at that time, it 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 became more work than pleasure, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and you know, it just took its toll on us, man. And that, that's I, I can't I can't explain it any more than that, man. It just you know the mismanagement. You know, it, it just took its toll on us, man. You know, all the drugs and uh, all the egos and the mistrust. It was it just took its toll on us, man. So what was Steve Washington really trying to keep it all together through that? Or what was his? No, no. Steve Steve Washington was not trying to keep us together, you know. Uh, And I don't want to go into that. uh, But Steve left us back in 1980. We separated back in 1980. And uh, uh, he left the group. He didn't want to have anything else to do with the group. And we had to move on. We had to continue. Me. Mark Adams and Danny Webster, we had to continue on. And, and that's what we did, you know. And we, we moved on uh, uh, with, with new management and uh, uh, new, uh, new um, booking agency, and we just continued, man, you know. Right, so you guys went on with Showtime, which was a really strong record. And then um, yeah. Steve Washington went on with Aura and uh, working with Kurt and uh, Starlina and that stuff and, and had success. So um, was he trying to, I heard that he was sort of trying to build this sort of like 
maybe empire kind of like maybe something like what George Clinton did with PFUNC within the slave organization where you guys well, were going to have a lot of different groups and things like that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was our, that was our initial plan, but uh, you know, things didn't work out the way that we planned. He had different ideas than, than what we had. And it just didn't coincide with the, uh, you know, with the basic operation of what we was doing. You know, he wanted to do, to do things that took away from the group slave. And that wasn't a thing to do. You know, we had to we had to keep slave strong in order to do other projects such as Aura and Steve Arrington's Hall of Fame. You know, uh, like I said, man, mismanagement, the drugs, they saw what was going on in the organization and they took advantage of us and and divided and conquer us. Uh, uh, accordingly, you know, and, and like I said, man, it's a lot of things, man, I, I, I can't even I can't even discuss. I don't want to discuss because it's, it's so it's so bad. You know, what you, I'm also, saying? you also uh, contributed to the, the Hall of Fame or no? No, I had nothing to do with the with the Hall of Fame. My, my main goal was a uh, slave and slave business, keeping the group together. All right, so you continued on with Slave even after Steve Arrington left also? Yes, I and, sure did. Yeah, yeah. So those subsequent albums in the 80s, um, they like a lot of them have their moments, and they hint at the greatness that came before. But for the most part, something just wasn't quite there in the scene as it had been during you know the peak. Um, what, yeah. what, what ingredients do you think were kind of not quite gelling? Hmm. I mean, Mark Adams was more up front, that's for sure. Everything was not gelling at that time, uh, Scott. Like I said, the drugs had taken taken its toll on everybody. Everybody wasn't thinking straight. And the people that were that we had running our shit or well, running our, our our organization was ripping us off. And it just, like I said, it just took its toll on everybody, man, to the point where nobody wanted to do anything anymore, man. It just, it just took our drive away. But you guys were still on the same label, Cotillion, until like the mid-80s. What was happening with the label? Were they, you know, just not promoting you guys anymore? Was there a riff with the label too? Well, the riff had started with Steve Washington. Uh, that's why that's one of the reasons why we split with Steve Washington because of the rift that he created between us and the record company. Uh, huh. Oh boy. Uh, hey Scott, man, I can't, I can't, I can't go into any more detail in this on this because of uh, legal ramifications that we're going through right now with the record company. Okay. I understand. That's fine. I, I feel I feel that I've already said too much, you know. And um, you haven't really given any details. Yeah, well, at this point, man, I got a lot to lose, just like everybody else that's involved in the, uh, the organization. Got a lot to lose, man. I got to be careful who I talk to and what I say. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's it's, uh, I, I, man, I hate that it's like this, man, because. Uh, 
um, if not for the fans, if it wasn't for the fans, we would not be who we are today. And we owe it all to the fans, man. You know, well, just and, speaking of that, I mean, Floyd, I mean, I don't know if you fully embrace how loved Slave is by the fan base. And I think over time, it's just even gotten stronger and, and the group and what it did, I think, has become more kind of legendary, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. It's a very important body of work that you guys did. Well, man, I appreciate it, man. Um, and we still, we are coming back. Once we get all this legal stuff and all this uh, personal stuff out of the way, we are coming back. But uh, until then, you know, we have to stay, you know, we have to keep things the way that they are right now. Let me shift back and away from that so I don't uh, get you in hot water. Um, was there anything that came out that you can remember during the 80s that you thought was pretty darn strong and you thought should have gotten over better than it did, but it didn't? I mean, is there anything as you look back to that post-Showtime material that you thought was actually pretty pretty good? No. No, I was pretty satisfied with everything that we did, man. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, no regrets, no, no, none of that. What about in terms of how they were received and how they sold? <laughs> well, how they were received and how it was sold was basically on the on the record company, man. Um, if the record company had to put as much emphasis and time on our first two albums as they did on on, on the rest of them, it would have it would made a, a bigger difference. I think a bigger difference. Yeah. And how do you feel about? Uh, did you also uh, keep working on the Ichiban uh, stuff too? Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, did two, did three, did three albums with Ichiban. As a matter of fact, I did those album covers. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, I did three albums with uh, with Ichiban before uh, before I went on on my own my own way, started my own production company. And what was it like working on that on that label? Were those good guys, or they what was that experience like? It wasn't like it wasn't like it was when we was when uh, we was with Slave, you know. It wasn't like like it was when we, we was in New York. It was different. It uh, it's, it was like the thrill had gone, you know. It wasn't as as intense as it as it used to be, you know. Uh, everybody's drive was different. Everybody's motivation was different. It wasn't the same, man. It really wasn't. And the record company they didn't really put enough emphasis on us like we felt that they should have. You know, they just, they just signed us just so that they can uh, write us off at the end, at the end of the year on, on their taxes. They, they kept most of our music on the shelf, man. It, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even put out properly. If you ask me. Was that primarily a jazz label or, I mean, they didn't have a lot of funk acts. Actually it was a, a blues label. Their mm -hmm. strongest, his strongest uh, um, uh, act was uh, 
uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. The blues guy. Uh, 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 we stroke it. You remember that guy? Uh, Clarence. Clarence Carter. Uh-huh. That was his biggest. Uh, that was his biggest artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you look back, is there any particular um, memory from the road? from a show you guys did that's a good memory that like you just think wow that was like unforgettable yeah being on stage with Santana and being on stage with uh, Marvin Gaye those were the memorables and and average white band average white band they was oh boy we had a great time with those guys man those were memorable days what do you think was the biggest crowd you guys ever played Mm. Hundred thousand, Milwaukee. The funk fest or what? Yeah, it was like a funk fest. It was an outdoor concert. It was it was unbelievable. Um, to, when when you think about the group, what do you think? I mentioned about you know that bass style. What to you is the most identifiable, unique thing about the slave sound? Um, it's the way that we put it together and it's the way that we created our, uh, our music. You know, we didn't follow the normal parameters of, uh, of songwriting. You know, we, 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 we made our own, you know, we made our own path. You know, we clicked off of everybody, you know, the, uh, uh, Mark, he would click off, of, off the percussions. He would, uh, he would write his bass lines according to, the percussion rudiments that he would hear and the horn lines that was uh, created up. We all just clicked off of each other, man. We learned and um, we just, we just clicked off of each other, man. That's that, that was our, our greatest, uh, our greatest strength. But if you look at the field of all the other groups that were big in the, in the late seventies, early eighties that played funk, what set slave apart from them? Do you think in, in the sound? Our, our drive, our determination, you know, intensity. we was different, man. Intensity. Huh? intensity? Yeah, intensity, emotion, character, you know. We, we, we put that in everything that we did, man, everything that we did, everything. I never felt you were one of the groups. I never felt like you guys were uh, watching what everyone else was doing or listening to everybody else and trying to replicate or copy that. I felt like you were always doing your own thing. And that's yeah, not, made, that's not yeah. that common, you know? Right, well, we made our own path because we didn't want to sound like everybody else. You know, we was, we was, we was making our own path. That's what, that's what we wanted to do, man. You know, we still feel that same way today. Today. Yeah. Well, Floyd, um, Let's, can we talk about what's what's going on today and what's, uh, you know, you wanted to get that word out about some of what's going on without getting into too much well, trouble, right? Yeah, well, Scott, the only thing that I want the fans to know is is the fake groups that are out there, they they are not us, you know, and uh, um, I just want the fans to know that um, we're coming back out. Uh 
stop. Oh, man. I just want the fans to know that the groups that they're hearing about are fake. And, um, and, and, and don't, don't go to their concerts. Don't patronize them because they're taking away. They're, 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 oh, man. They're disrespecting our, our, uh, everything that we built, you know? And uh, 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 they're, they're, they're staking claims that they, they can't make because they didn't record the stuff. They didn't, they didn't go on tour or anything. They, they didn't put in the work that we put in. So why are you out there uh, uh, stealing our glory? You know, I'm just, it's, just, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So is there some is there some dispute over ownership to the name or? No, no. There's no dispute, man. There's no dispute. We just we just want them to stop doing what they're doing. That's it. That's it. And when you say that uh, we're going to come back, who is we, Floyd? The group, the original members that are left. How many guys is that? It's seven of us. Seven. You know, we got the original members. Even Steve Steve Arrington is still uh, still around. If we can get uh, all of this crazy stuff out of the way, you know, we can come together and 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 entertain the people like they want us to do, man. That would be musical heaven for a lot of us, you know. Um, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it, man. If we can just get those idiots out of the way, man, everything will be beautiful. Well. Um, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you wanted to uh, dip into? Bro, bro, you covered it all, man. You covered it. <laughs> I try. I try. This was, yeah, this was a good interview, man. I, I enjoyed this very much. Hey, despite some interruptions and technical challenges, we hung in there and we got it done, as we always do. Got it done with Mr. Floyd Miller. I'll be the first online when they get together with a true reunion tour of Slave. Of course, the amazing Mark Adams and Mark Hicks are no longer with us. Nonetheless, the essential legacy of Slave needs to be carried onward and done so the right way, the respectful way, and the supremely funky way. I have no doubt Floyd Miller will make sure that is exactly what transpires. My sincerest thanks out to him again for bringing the authentic Slave story to Truth and Rhythm. And as always, again, a sincere thank you to you, the viewers, and the fans for that support. Much appreciated. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already done so. Subscribe to Funkin' Stuff, the, the Funkin' Stuff channel on YouTube, which is where Truth and Rhythm resides. And you know what? As a subscriber, you get the shows early. So not only don't you ever miss an episode, but you get it sometimes a full day ahead of everybody else. So tell friends, tell family, support the funk, soul, and jazz musicians and their legacies on truth and rhythm. Also write me, write me at Scott G at funkinstuff.net. Drop me a line. Let me know what you like about the show. Who else you'd like to see. I'm always working on a lot of acts at once and trying to get all those that are still with us to bring forward those great stories of the creative efforts to make some of the best music and most important musical works of all time. I love to hear from you. So drop me a line until then. As always, this is Scott Dr. GX Qualified saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.